Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Say, okay, well, sports are 90% mental. How much are you training physically versus mentally? And usually it's the complete opposite. Almost everyone's training 95% physical and training almost no mental. And this is the way you get that edge on your competition because there's a lot of people out there training. Everyone's weightlifting, everyone's running, everyone's doing technique, but not everyone is working on the mindset. Think back to Michael Jordan in the nineties. Most people weren't going to a strength coach at the time. And it was a little bit taboo or a little bit strange when Michael Jordan started working with a personal trainer, a strength coach. And then look, by the time in the, in the later nineties, remember the, the, the bulls, we're getting pushed around by the Pistons, Isaiah Thomas and company. If you remember that in the beginning of his career, Michael, Michael Jordan and the Bulls were getting beat up a little bit by, very, by a very physical and mean Detroit Pistons team. So before Michael Jordan really became Michael Jordan in the NBA, he was getting pushed around. He takes on a strength coach. He gets a strength coach working with him, which at the time was like, who's doing that? And now look, everyone's doing it. Well, you could mark my words, 10 years from now, 20 20 years from now, everyone's going to have a mindset coach. All the top athletes are. So the reason why, and that's a great thing. We're all for that. But the biggest time to get the edge is when you're one of the first people to do something. The first people who started with a sports nutritionist or a mindset coach or strength training, they're the ones who have the biggest advantage on their opponents because not all of them are doing it. Now, there are a lot of them that are starting to do it. And we're working with tens and thousands of athletes over the 12, past 12 years. We've worked with tens and thousands of athletes, not hundreds, not thousands, tens of thousands. And, and it's not just me. I have a great team behind me. We have over 65 mindset coaches coast to coast. And we're working with all these different athletes. So we're very blessed to be able to see sports from a very unique angle in terms of what mental struggles they're dealing with. And, and tonight it's about what you can do as the parent to help them and to get that edge. But I just wanted to give you that overview that most people are saying sports are 90% mental, yet they're training 90% physical. And we talk about mindset training. There's no question. We're, we're saying it's like strength training. You have to do the mindset exercises. You can't just think about mindset training. You have to do the mindset training. And it's just like getting in the weight room. It's just like running the sprints. You can't just think about it. You have to do it. So this is, this is something we have to put some time into. We, de- we got to dedicate some time to it. And that's, that's what we're willing to do here. So, Jeff, that's you. You're on. Questions from emails we received today. Is that my brother on there? I'm not sure. All right. So, in, in, in any event, let me just text him to make sure he's on there. Um, it looked like he was going to post up some questions. And I want questions tonight. That's an important thing. So mindset, let's just jump right into it. Your kids, there's no doubt about it. Kids, kids see more than they hear. Kids see more than I hear. And what I mean by that is that a kid is going to watch what you do much more than they listen to you. We all know with kids, it goes in one ear and out the other. 
If you want your kid to live a disciplined life and to work hard, the best thing you could do is model the behavior that that behavior at home. We all know parents and people that we've come across in our life where they say, oh, not my kid. My kid would never do that. Well, my mom was never like that. She never said, not my kid. She, if the teacher said something, she said, oh, yes, my kid. And she said, you got to listen to your teacher. There was an obedience to authority. It wasn't do whatever you want to do, which is kind of what you see nowadays. It's got to be, and I'm not saying it's always tough love. It was very loving, very supportive. I, you know, I want you to be very positive. In fact, the, the most effective leaders, parents, teachers, bosses, for them, they're very, they're, they have a five to one praise to critique ratio. That means most of the time that every time they give one critique, there's five positives, right? So it's important to make sure that we're, that we're more positive to negative. And so, and it doesn't mean you're always like, you know, saying nice things, but sometimes it's just listening to them, nodding, genuinely caring what they're talking about, but making sure that positive to critique ratio is three to one, even as high as five to one. So it's a big deal. Um, okay. So that's, that's, that's important. Kids are going to listen to you. If you're a parent who whines, criticizes, blames, or complains, your kids are probably going to do it too. I can tell you that the kids that I, that I know growing up where their parents were cursing and F-bombs and taking the Lord's name in vain at home, those kids started doing that. They just followed their parents. Generally speaking, the, the kids whose parents were big drinkers, they started taking up drinking. So I, I bring that up because we have a big responsibility as parents, and I want to be real with you. Right. I tell the kids all the time, if we're your mindset coach, we want to push you. Our job is to push you. If you go to a personal trainer or you go to a nutritionist, let's, let's say you want to lose weight. Let's say you want to get in better shape. And if I'm your personal trainer and I'm like, hey, you're doing great. Keep up the good work. Keep it going. Of course, you want me to be positive, but you're coming to me because you want me to be a little bit hard. You want to be a little bit harder. Gene, push me. You know, help. Like, what should I do? Tell me what, what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? How should I lift the weights? How should I train? So I want you, I always tell the kids, you want to look at this as mindset coaching. We're all going to be pushed. I don't do all this stuff, right? I don't. And I teach this stuff and this is my curriculum, but I don't do all this stuff, right? So we're all in the learning process together. So we want to make sure we leave our, check our pride at the door. And that's another thing. If you want your kid to be coachable, they need to see that you're coachable. When you're faced with better evidence or better information, if they see you change your mind, I'm not saying about being wishy-washy, and I'm certainly not talking about faith or morals. You don't compromise faith and morals. But when it comes to like learning things, if a kid sees that you're coachable and you're humble, they're going to be coachable and humble. If, 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 you're, if you as a parent can't be corrected, you don't want to hear it from anyone. You have to always have the last word in an argument. It's all about you. You're the center of attention. Um, you know, woe is me. If that's you, your kid, it's not going to be surprising that your kid's like that. Now your kid's not always, your kid's not always exactly like you. In fact, a lot of parents we see, they wonder why the kids are the opposite. How come the parents are so mentally tough? And a lot of times the kids aren't. And that's, that's a whole other story that we could get into. That's a different story. But a lot of times they see, what they see is more important than what they, than what you say to them. So Try to do as best as you can. And I got to check myself too. When you're around the house, no criticizing, blaming, complaining, criticizing. I mean, like overly critical of what's going on around us. In other words, accept the personal responsibility. That's the key. If you're a person who accepts uh, fraternal correction, feedback, critiques, they're going to be more likely to do it. If you're humble, they're more likely to be humble. Um, Get yourselves into shape as best as you can. I know it's not easy, but it's one of those things where a lot of times we'll see parents who are, who are terribly out of shape and they're telling their kids, oh, they got to lose weight. They got into, they got to get into shape. Well, you see how something doesn't quite match up there. And it doesn't mean you have to be like a, like a triathlete or anything, but just the fact that they see that you're trying to work hard, to get into shape, to do the right things. They're more likely to do that themselves. So modeling good eating as best as you can, modeling good sleep as best as you can. It's always doing as best as you can for your lifestyle. I know some of you working two jobs, you know, raising a bunch of kids. It's tough. So you do the best that you can. That's all anyone could ask for. Also accepting that when things don't go our way, we brush it off. Um, we talk a lot about the predator and prey mindset. A lot of you have heard us talk about that before. 
where the predator mindset means eyes on the front like to hunt, right? Lions, tigers, and bears, their eyes are on the front of their head. So we say eyes on the front like to hunt. That's just really shorthand for saying control the controllables. Focus on what you can control. Forget about what you can't control because that's eyes on the front. What I can control is in front of me. The prey mindset, squirrels, chipmunks, rabbits, deer, their eyes are on the side of their head. So eyes on the side like to hide. We say eyes on the front like to hunt, eyes on the side like to hide. And, and that means if we're focused on everything else, that's prey mindset. So we try to slice it up into those very, it's, I, I know it's like overly simplistic, a little bit black and white there, but when kids hear that, they, they really understand. If you're focused, if you're comparing yourself to other people, that's prey mindset, right? That's, don't compare yourself to other people. And that starts in the home as best as you can. Try not to compare your kids. Be more like this. Be like your sibling. Be like that friend. No one really likes to hear that. Now, there might be some strategic times you need to do that, but that should never be your go-to. Your go-to should not be, why aren't you like him? Or why aren't you like that that, that kid or the other sibling? That's good. That's going to hurt them. And then they're going to, and not only that, I've seen a lot of kids grow up like that where the parents would always say, why don't you be more like the neighbor? And then that kid takes it out on the neighbor. That kid starts picking fights with the neighbor because they got all this built up resentment in their head. So you don't want that to be your go-to. Try your best to each kid as, as best as they personally can. Not every kid can be an A student. Not every kid could be a state champ. You just want each kid doing their best that they're capable of within reason. So modeling that good behavior and, and not really not comparing. Um, if you want to talk about the difference between that predator and prey mindset, I have to say I grew up with a predator mom in the sense that she never said, hey, you know, all of your friends are doing this, so you could do it too. It was, we don't do this like that. In this, I could say, well, all my friends are allowed to stay up late or, or, or watch this show. And it was, you know, I don't care if the rest of the world is doing it. You know, you're my son and, and we don't do that in this house. And that was the, and, and the buck stopped right there. She, in other words, a lot of times parents are like concerned. And, and, and again, it's not that she wasn't in the know with like other friends. Like she was friends with a lot of the other moms. And like she was making sure we had like a normal development within reason. Um, but it wasn't just, hey, everyone else does it. So you could do it too. Uh, by the way, on the side, my brother's posting um, our, our book, the, the sign up for the one-on-one trial. Like I said, everyone's welcome to do that. Our, our podcast we, we pump out a lot of great free information. So we want you to have that. Uh, the book, of course, that, that, that's money. That's 20 bucks. The free trial is obviously free. Anyone wants to do the one-on-one program, we could talk about that further. But, um, but yeah, my mom was, had that eyes on the front. She wasn't concerned with what the other, with what the other kids were doing. And remember, if you, wanna, if you want your kid to be a one in a thousand kid, you got to be a one in a thousand parent, right? You know, one in a hundred kid, you got to have, you got to be a one in a hundred parent. And that's not easy. And there's still a lot of luck involved. My mom always said, even though she was, she did the best she could with us, she'd always say there's a lot of luck involved. So, and we're not, she didn't leave it up to luck, but just letting it, letting, you know, it was good to know a sober approach to know as a parent that you don't control everything. You got to do the best you can, but, but not being afraid to draw the hard line on faith and morals. Like there is a right and there is a wrong. It's not open for debate. And when it comes to, you know, things like morality, there's a right and there's a wrong. And it's dangerous to the kid to grow up to think, oh, well, what's right for you is right for you. What's right for me is right for me. That's dangerous. Imagine if people thought the, the laws of gravity were based on each person's whim, right? Or, or, oh, hey, the laws of math are different. Or, or my wife's a piano player. The laws of piano are different for everyone. No, they're not. They're the same for everyone. So it's the same thing with the moral code. So making sure we're, you know, we're living that way. And also it's important your kids are going to watch, especially the biggest moments that you could have an impact on your kids is, and me and my wife talk about this a lot. I have two boys under two. So there's always like parenting questions we talk about. Um, My brother, Jeff, who I keep bringing up, he's got four kids. um, They're under seven. And, um, and yeah, and that's one of the things we always say. It's, you know, the most important times is when the rubber meets the road, when there's a difficult decision, like, um, well, are we going to go to practice today? Or are we going to skip church? Or is it maybe find a different time to make sure you could do both, right? Or a time where if there's a situation where you could cheat or you could lie to get a little bit ahead. I'm talking about you as the parent, not your kid. But if you could cheat a little bit or lie a little bit to get a little bit ahead, whether it's in business or sports or whatever, and your kids see you do that, 
then what they've just learned is that when the rubber meets the road and when it comes right down to it, the most important thing is success. And it's not. It's not. The most important thing is, is from at the natural level, you know, we're not talking about the supernatural, level, but at the natural level, the most important thing is to build virtue. And if you're a virtuous person, even if you don't succeed today, you will be successful in the future. In any just society, in any just business, in any just team, the virtuous people get promoted. The virtuous people win. The virtuous people become more successful. Even if someone else is more short-term successful, in the long run, it's going to be the virtuous people at the top. And it's not, that they're, they're, it's not just that they're going to be successful. They're also going to be happy because virtue is a reward in and of itself. So when you have tough decisions to make as a parent, like, hey, do you, do you make an excuse for your kid? Do you allow them to cut corners just to get that grade? And again, we, we all might be guilty of this from time to time. That's the time where we have to say, okay, this is what my kid is going to remember. And you, and, you, and you take the moral approach. You live by your, your, you know, your principles. And of course, you know, principles, we're always, we're always trying to be sensitive to other people's feelings, but you want to be hard on your principles and easy on people. So easy on people, but hard on your principles. So that, that, that's a big, big deal right there. Um, I got some, got some email uh, questions that are rolling in. So I'm going to go ahead and answer some of these. So what approach should I as a parent have to motivate versus telling what's best for him? Again, each kid's going to be a little bit different. One of the things we recommend to all of our athletes do when we're on this plan, we, we, have, we do a parent mindset guide. So there's, there's three parts to it. And I could tell you one third of that is the, the five questions. And these are the five questions that every, that every um, kid should be filling at, well, as they get older, especially as they're like 11, 12, as they get older, they could start thinking about this more. But you as a parent want to always be thinking about it. So number one, what is my parent doing that's helping me mentally? We're talking about in the sports context now. When it comes to sports, what are my parents doing that are helping me, that's helping me mentally? Maybe they're very supportive. You know, certain times they say things that, you know, fires me up. Okay, good. What is that? The second question is, what are my parents doing that might be inadvertently hurting me mentally? And again, not hurting them in the sense like you're, no one's trying to, no parents are trying to hurt their kids or most aren't, right? Um, not no one on this call, but sometimes parents might be uh, unintentionally putting pressure on the kid or saying certain things that are either turning them off or annoying them. Like my dad was never, like he, he was the he was the one who was bigger with, with wrestling for me. My mom didn't really care as much about wrestling. It was like, be a good person, do good in school. And that was the main thing. Uh, my dad was, was thinking about wrestling and everything. And, uh, and he didn't, he wasn't like put, he didn't put pressure on me, but sometimes talking about that my opponent was older than me, or I, you know, he beat me in fifth grade or he would say, Oh, the guy you're going up against lost to the guy who you just beat by a point. Right. They look, you know, a lot of times the parents look at the records and the rankings, and then they tell the kid what those rankings are. It's just something I've seen over the years. And um, sometimes that, that might inadvertently hurt the kid and the parent doesn't mean to. So I want the kid to start thinking about that. And you as the parent, you want to think about that too. What are some things that I'm doing that might be inadvertently hurting um, my kid mentally when it comes to sports, right? Because that's what we're talking about here, sports performance. Uh, number three, the third question is, is really assessing your sensitivity level. So I basically look at it as like three different areas. So there's some kids who are just, you just tell it like it is. They'd prefer it to just be straightforward. Hey, you got to do this. You know, and sometimes they prefer that approach from a coach. Sometimes they prefer it from an older sibling, but they don't want that from a parent. But sometimes they do. So that's, that's kid A. Kid B, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, but that's just one type of kid. Another type of kid is a little more sensitive. You want to give the, um, the, the, uh, the Oreo cookie, the sandwich approach, positive critique, and then positive, right? You sandwich the critique inside the two positives um, of the sandwich. And, and for them, they're a little bit more sensitive. And then there's the really sensitive type where you got to be either real careful with, the, with what you say or you don't say anything at all. Now, again, this is in the sports context. When you're parenting, of course, it still matters. Of course, it still matters how you say things. But, you know, it's, sports is something it's not make it or break it in life. You know, they don't have to do sports. So 
for some kids, it's just better to lay off. I mean, and we've seen some, we've seen some moments on the mat where we had an athlete and the parent and the parent was the coach of the athlete. And we had to have that. And we had that moment face to face. And we're looking at the kid. We're like, do you want him to be dad or do you want him to be coach? And, and the athletes crying, like, I want you to be dad. And like, they were like hugging after, and they were both crying. It was like, I mean, that rarely happens like that, but that, that was the most dramatic moment that I could remember with that. And, and that might've saved a relationship. Cause a lot of times if the parents are putting too much pressure and I've seen this over and over again, if the, if the parents are putting too much pressure and the kid is not enjoying the sport and the kid is just doing it because the parent wants them to do it and they don't have that internal motivation either that at best that kid quits the sport. That's the best case scenario. The work and the, the, and that's, you know, okay. They quit the sport. They do something else. Best case, worst case scenario. Th- those kids end up getting into trouble. A lot of them turn into turn to doing drugs. Um, again, we've just seen this over the years. If they're not able to, as they get older, if they're not able to have that separation where they feel some level of freedom, if they have to do it for their parents, you know, like I said, some kids will just quit. Some kids will do it and they'll act out in other ways. You don't want that. So um, sometimes in sports, like if your kid really wants you to lay off with sports, fine. That doesn't mean you're going to lay off of them with their household chores or doing their homework. You're the parent. So you have to, of course, like in those situations, you can't and shouldn't lay off of them. But when it comes to sports, if they really want you to lay off, sometimes that's for the best, right? Maybe you, you give a, a piece of advice here and there, but more or less they're on their own. Question number four is how do you want me to treat you right before a match, right before a game, you know, on game day? Some kids want the parents to give them technical advice. That's, that tends to be very few. Some kids like their parents to motivate them and fire them up. That tends to be very few also. Some kids would rather you joke around with them, laugh, talk about everything other than sports because they don't, they're already thinking about competing. They're already thinking about competing. The last thing they want is to think about it more. So sometimes getting their mind off of sports, they prefer that. And of course, some kids just prefer to be left alone. So asking your kid or the kid asking himself, how do I, how do I want my parents to treat me right before I step out on the mat or, or the day of a tournament, right? So knowing that. Question number five is, um, well, when do I want feedback? So some, some, of the par- some of your parents who played the sport before, you're able to pick up on some of the things that are going on. And you might want to give them feedback on what they could do better. Again, every kid's different. Some kids prefer feedback right away. That's very few. Some kids prefer it later on in the night. That's a little bit more. Some kids want it the next day. That's most of them. Usually they want it a different day. Not all kids, but you should just be thinking about that. When do they need the feedback for sports? And again, it's different than parenting. (laughs) For heaven's sake, it's different than parenting. You know, there's when you have to offer these parent... um, critique sometimes that's a different story you can't lay off that's that's you know it's part of your job to correct them and to lead them on the good path so we're talking about specifically in the sports context or they or do you they prefer not to hear any feedback from you about their competition and again if that's the case if that's going to keep them liking the sport and enjoying it so be it right so be it it's better that they're competing and then maybe over time once they see you're laying off and we've had parents like this where we've done this exercise and the parents start laying way off. And then what happens, the kid starts to feel, ah, I can breathe. I don't have to like prove anything to my parents in the sports context. And then a lot of times the kids will ask the parents for feedback. So a lot of you will get, they, they, they will come to you and ask, hey, mom, what do you think? Hey, dad, what do you think? But that's generally speaking, once they feel like you lay off a little bit, if you tend to be a parent that's more um, on, it's always striking that delicate balance because generally speaking, the best athletes, their parents are very involved in sports. They're on these kind of meetings. They're involved with the team. They're, they're, they're helping them with their, with, with sports. Generally speaking, the parents who are involved, the kids are usually the best. I mean, look around, there's no denying that. But at the same time, um, a lot of kids whose parents are overly involved, they don't have that inner drive, that inner motivation for themselves. So it's always balancing the two. And we all tend to fall on one extreme. Either we tend to be too controlling or too hands off. So find that happy balance. And for each kid, it's a little different. Like I think of me and both my younger brothers. So I'm 36. My youngest brother, Greg, is 30. Jeff's 33, I guess, or 34. 
And, and for all three of us, different personalities. We were all nationally ranked division one wrestlers. Um, we both took top three. We all took top three in the state uh, of New Jersey. One of the toughest States in the country. One of the only sports that are one of the only um, States that has all the state tournament together. Everyone competes together. There's no division one, division two, division A, division B. Everyone's one state tournament, um, not prep schools. So the prep schools aren't in there, but other than that, they're all competing together. My point is that all three of us are different personalities. For me, I like to be more loose, relaxed, and laugh and joke around with people. Um, our, our brother Greg tends to be the most serious, um, and Jeff is somewhere in the middle. So everyone, you know, each kid you're going to treat a little different. All three of us are different sensitivity levels. You know, you might give more direct feedback to Jeff, and he's like, okay, you know, he'll do it. For me, I'm kind of like, all right, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of holding a little bit of a grudge because that wasn't nice the way you say it. And Greg if you said something like that to him, if you were overly negative with him, he may never listen to you again. And here's the problem. He turned out to be the best of the three of us. So that hurts, right? You, you might've lost your best athlete because of the way you handled the situation. So again, nobody's perfect. Just keep doing the best you can. And now we're thinking about it, right? Okay. So um, how should the parent motivate their kid versus telling them what to do? It's, it's opening. It, the, the, the answer to that question is opening the line of communication. Hey, how can I help you? What can I do? What do you need from me? On match day, what do you want from me? Do you want me to talk to you? Do you want me to leave you alone? Joke around, talk about the match. What can I do for you? So when you look at motivation, the root word of motivation is motive, right? What are our motives? The root word of motivation is motive. So finding out what motivates, what is the motive of each kid? And hey, what do you need from me? Again, it's not, we're not dealing with faith morals. We're not dealing with school. We're not dealing with chores and being a good person. We're dealing with, we're dealing with a sport. You don't have to play a sport, right? So if I could give you something, what do you need from me? And ultimately it's their career. That's an important thing too, knowing that, you know, it's, there, it's always tempting to think, okay, I got two boys. All right, I got another crack at it. It's basically like part two with my kids. And it's not, it's not, right? They may or may not like sports. I can't control that. I could, I could help them. I could facilitate things for them. I could be involved as a parent, but I can't force them to do it. So ultimately, if they want me to leave them alone, you know, but sports, okay, I got to leave you alone. I can't leave you alone with your chores, but sports, I could do that for you, right? So it's ultimately got to come from them. We can't look at our kids as, as part two. I know you already know that, but it's just a good reminder, right? Um, so keeping the door open for conversation, making it, in, that the point of that parent questionnaire is that those five questions, it's the start of an ongoing conversation, hopefully, okay? Um, another question we got rolling in, what tools would you recommend for us to be better motivators to our kids? Um, I think of little things my parents would do. They would cut out both of my parents, and it wasn't all the time. It was not all the time, but here and there, there'd be an article cut out in the paper. Uh, my mom had the, what got me into sports psychology. She had the Tony Robbins Personal Power Series, she says, hey, I heard a good, a good thing on this tape today. Or she'd be watching Dr. Phil, right? Or my dad would cut out newspaper articles of, you know, cer certain athletes. Or some, if someone gave a good quote, sometimes they would send that to me. Or my mom would send me an email of a good story she heard or a podcast, a, a podcast episode I should listen to. So tools you could do to, to motivate your kids. Um, caring, obviously taking an interest in them. But knowing what each kid needs, um, it doesn't always mean giving them exactly what they want. Sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can't do that. Um, leading by example is a big thing. It, it really is a big thing. Like if your kids see you taking personal responsibility, being humble, they're just more likely to do it. If they see you trying to live a clean life, it doesn't mean you're perfect. Nobody's perfect. But if your kids see you trying to live a clean life, eating as healthy as you can, trying to eat healthier, trying to sleep better, trying to exercise more. They're more likely to follow in your footsteps. For me, I always saw my dad exercise and he exercised my whole life and he never like complained about it. I mean, sometimes he would say, oh, I don't feel like doing it today, but he would do it. And then while he was doing it, he wasn't complaining. So if, if, if you tend to model that good behavior, that's important. Um, also keeping the negatives down. And a lot of times parents feel like, well, I have to let my kids have certain um, privileges because their friends do. I mean, I was not allowed to see, I didn't, I didn't see an, a rated R movie in, until I was probably in high school. 
you know, the, the first time I think I saw a PG 13 movie, I, th- I think I was, I think I was 13. That might be, that might be wrong. Maybe it was, maybe it was a rated R movie when I was 13, but I wasn't allowed to do that. And my cousins were allowed to watch rated R movies. I wasn't, um, I wasn't allowed to listen to certain music in the house because it was F this, F that taking the Lord's name in vain. Um, that just wasn't acceptable. So I, I think it's also keeping good positive stimuli around the kid. Um, and in, and remember, in, in situations, you're allowed to check on things. I mean, you're you're the parent, so it's it's one of those things where if you say, "Hey, give me your phone," they got to give you the phone. I mean, it's ultimately your phone. If you say, hey, "You know, what's on your computer? What are you looking at?" That's important too. So, I mean, you know, again, as as kids get older and older, you are giving them a little bit more privacy, but at the same time, you do need to monitor them monitor them to a, to a good extent because there's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of garbage up guys. So we have, to, we have to be on it as, as parents. So keeping good, positive information around them. Number three, another question, how to keep my motivation approach style fresh and not boring or old. So my son listens and hears me every time I speak. Well, I think it's also, it's also managing our expectations. Like I said, kids are going to pay attention much more to what you do rather than what you say, but keeping it positive, not pointing the finger, not blaming other people. If the referee makes a bad call, the referee makes a bad call. My coach would always tell me, um, take the referee out of the match. Carrie Kolot's dad always said, you've got to be 10 points better than the referee, right? So really not blaming, you know, overly critical um, and, and, and allowing your kid to, and, and there's of course many exceptions to this, but Allowing your kids to figure things out on their own. Don't do everything for them. Like allow them some time to figure some of the stuff out on their own. And, and if they fall sometimes, remember, usually in middle school, elementary school, middle school, high school, if they fall, if they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. They're, it's probably not going to cost them getting into a certain college, certain things. It's just, you know, if they make certain mistakes, that's the time to make the mistakes because if they're building virtue, that's a good thing. We're all moving towards virtue, right? And away from vice. You want to move towards virtue and away from vice. So sometimes the kids are going to make mistakes. Sometimes the kids are going to mess up. And it's okay to let them fall a little bit. You don't always have to be there to catch them there. Sometimes they do need to feel the sting a little bit. Um, I don't know if I'm answering the question. Let me go back to how to keep my motivation approach style fresh and not boring. Um, yeah, you know, and how my son listens to me, I look at it like this. It's and this goes back to that question three that I said. How critical, um, how sensitive is your kid? Each kid is a different sensitivity level, and you and obviously you know this already. You can't treat every kid the same. If I'm gonna fish, not that I fish very much, but I love pizza, right? Pizza's my favorite food. I don't put pizza on the fish hook. I can't put pizza on the fish hook because fish don't like pizza. I like pizza, but fish don't like pizza. Fish like bait. So when I go fishing, if I go, if I go fishing, if I bring my, if I bring my nephew Anthony on a fishing trip, well, guess what? I can't, he's, he can't put pizza on the hook because fish don't eat pizza. Fish eat bait. We got to put bait on the hook. The reason why I say that is you need to frame the message in a way that your kid can digest it. So if you want your kid to hear you, you need to say it in a way that's not going to turn them off. If they tend to be more sensitive, you have to frame it in a more sensitive way. Yeah. If they're if they're more, um, you know, they like to be straightforward. You teach it to you say it to them straightforward. That's the way. That's the way for your kid to listen to you. You got to give it. You got to give them the information the way they want to hear it. And this doesn't just go for your kids. This is a great lesson for all of us. I could really take a page from this. A lot of times when we're trying to make a point or we're trying to convince someone of, of whatever it is, our, our viewpoints, whether it's about a sports team, um, a TV show, politics, religion, if you're having these kind of conversations with people, a lot of times we just say it and we forget it's a receiver-dependent message. When you're speaking, you're trying to get them to understand it. So my responsibility is to say it to you in a way that you are most likely to digest it. Now, that doesn't mean I compromise the truth. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to say it in a way that you need to hear it. So that's the best way your son will listen to you or daughter, whatever you have, both. Um, try to say it the way they're going to hear it, 
which means you got to do a little thinking sometimes. And, and really all of this should prompt you to, to pull out a paper, write it down. Like, what does each kid need? What am I doing that's helping this one? What, what might I be doing that's hurting? How can I do better? Asking experts, right? Asking experts, talking to teachers or specialists, behavioral specialists, reading books, YouTube, being on programs like this. What can I do to get better? Good. Number four, fourth question we got here. How my motivation of my son's wrestler should differ from motivation he gets from the coach? Again, that depends on the kid. One thing I'm noticing here, there's a lot about motivation. I I should make that point also. I'm seeing it. It seems like the majority of our questions are about motivation. And I I want you to know that it's, um, it's, I look at the mind just like people look at the body. Okay. Well, similar, not exactly alike. But when you look at the body, there's different muscles. You have the legs, your arms, your back, your neck, your grip, right? Your hamstrings, your glutes, your your stomach muscles, your abs, right? You have the upper back, the lower back, the delts, your shoulders. There's all different muscles in the body. It's the same thing with the mind. There's different muscles in the mind if you want to visualize it that way. So there's different muscles in the mind. Motivation is but one of 13 muscles or maybe more, right? We break it into about 13 different mental muscles and motivation is one of the mental muscles. So just so you know, we have a series on motivation. I think it's six, six worksheets that are working directly on motivation. So I bring that up because our mindset program today, we're going through this questions and answers. The best way to help your kids with this is really having sometimes someone else talking to your kid. It goes a long way. And how many times do we see it you know, your kid says, oh man, my teacher told me this, or my friend told me this, or my friend's parents said that. And you're like, yeah, I say that to you all the time, but, the, but it didn't stick. It, it didn't stick where it, it did stick. Actually, they just didn't realize that it stuck back then. So yes, you said it. And then the other person reinforced it. So sometimes hearing it from someone else goes a long way, which is why when my kids get old enough, I mean, once they get to that around 11, 11 years old, they're, they're getting a mindset coach from our program. And it's not going to be me because it's going to be very important that my kid can talk about me behind my back. Not in a bad way, of course, hopefully not. But it's very important that my kid can talk about me and their relationship with me with someone else. So that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. So even though I developed the program, I'm, I'm supposed to be Mr. Mindset. It doesn't feel like I am sometimes, but um it's important they're going to have someone other than me. So that's why we have a whole series that addresses motivation as well as our other mental muscles like confidence. A lot of your kids may struggle with confidence, whether it's in sports, socially, in school. A lot of kids aren't good test takers. I was a school psychologist, so I've seen that before. A lot of kids underperform on standardized tests. Um, that, those are all different mental muscles. We work with all of them. I'm, I bring it up because I see a lot of motivation questions and I want to let you know that we have a full series on how to develop that mental muscle of motivation as well as other um, mental mental muscles. A uh, big thing that I struggled with being a little bit more scatterbrained, a little more hyperactive, inattentive, whatever you want to call it. And, and for me, it was sometimes staying in the present moment. I'd be thinking either a lot about the past or a lot about the future. I would just get easily distracted. And it was it was a challenge to stay in the moment. So for me, that was the mental muscle that I needed. Now, a lot of other people, they might do a great job of staying in the moment. And for them, it's something else. Maybe it's mental toughness. Maybe it's goal setting. So, and then another big mental muscle we see, I'm just going to address this also while we're on that topic, but aggressiveness. That's a big thing I hear with parents. They say their kids are either too nice on the mat not aggressive enough in sports. They don't have that, that killer instinct. And of course, fair, square, by the rules, not doing anything cheap or illegal, but being tough, being tough out there, going hard and, and not being too nice, being willing to get after it and be aggressive. A lot of kids are a lot more aggressive in practice than competitions. I tell all the parents the same thing because I get this question a lot. And I say that when, when the way you compete is more important than winning, that's when you're going to start winning more. Okay. When the way you compete is more important than winning, that's when you're going to start winning more. So what do I mean by that? Simply, I I mean that if you're focusing too much on winning or losing, you're going to be scared. 
you're not going to be taking enough chances. If you're in a job, think about a job interview you might've been in the past. If you're thinking too much about getting the job, if you're asking someone out on a date and all you're worrying about is what's the outcome? Do they like me? Do they not like me? Am I going to get the job? Am I going to not get the job? It's a lot of pressure in our minds, right? So the more important thing is how are you going to compete? And that's why we built that, that, that analogy of the predator mindset, eyes on the front like to hunt. Focus on your effort, your attitude, and your aggressiveness. So the way you compete, your 100% effort, positive attitude, no matter what happens, doesn't mean you're smiling the whole time, but if you get a bad call, you shake it off. You're a good sport, win or lose. Um, your effort is, is 100% and your aggressiveness is there. You're taking chances. You're going after moves. You're trying things out there. Intelligently aggressive. It doesn't mean you're being wild, but you're being aggressive in wrestling. Like if you're really looking to turn the guy on top, you know what? You're really looking to get that takedown. You're, you're taking multiple attempts. If you're in a, in a sport of shooting, you're taking the shot. If the shot's open, you don't pass it. You take the shot. A lot of sports, they'll, they'll pass it even when the shot's wide open because of confidence. So that has to be more important. The way you compete has to be more important than winning and losing. So that's a key thing. But we developed a whole series, a five-part series on aggressiveness. And again, we always say fair, square, and by the rules. But how do you take an athlete who is maybe too nice or they're more of a practice room wrestler, and how do you get them to flip that switch? So we, we, we address that stuff head on. And there's so much we could talk about on the call, but you know, obviously so little time, but that, that's, that's, we have those, I, I keep seeing motivation here. So I want you to know, we address that in the mindset program. Um, mindset, let's see what do we have here. Other, I'm seeing some other questions here. Um, okay. So we got um three-time district qualifier. What top two things can he do to prepare his mindset? Well, okay. So, okay, good. So broad, broad question there. And that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I got to say it, the best thing to do to work on your mindset, it would be the same thing. If you say, how, do, how does my kid get stronger? They got to be lifting every week, you know, multiple times a week. So it, it really is the same thing with mindset. The best way to, the best, the best um, people that we've seen improvements with their kids were on the mindset program once a week. That's why we wanted to start you all up. Do the free trial after the call. You just go to our website, fill out the form. Your kid gets a free lesson. And if they like it and it's something they want to do and it's something you can do, then do it. If not, you know, you can't do it. At least they get a a free trial. They could ask some of their questions, uh, talk about some of any of their doubts, fears, insecurities. But if you're capable of doing it, you like it and you think it's going to help, which it will. That's the best way they can work on it. So working on your mindset every single week, just like you prioritize your strength training three days a week, just like you prioritize your sport, probably three to five days a week, the serious athletes, some of them more, we got to prioritize our mindset every week. So that's, that's a big thing they could, they could do to help. Um, that's a, that, that's a good thing working on it. So capitalize on that and um, getting a good coach being around a good coach, having a good mentor. Again, that also ties into the mindset training, but you can't, you can't, there's no substitute for having a good mentor. I had my first mentor when I was in eighth grade. It wasn't a mindset thing. It was just a coach, but he got me on track with living a positive life, you know, saying work hard in school, no drugs and alcohol, you know, you don't party. And for me, it was like kind of having an older brother and I'm the oldest brother out of three. So he was a guy I looked up to. Of course, I, my dad was always my hero. My mom, and my dad were always my hero. But it, it was nice to have kind of like an older brother. And like for, for the girls that are in our program, we pair them up with a woman. So like an older sister who like, I wanted to be like my mentor. I didn't want to be like my teammates. So while, while my friends were smoking, drinking and staying up late and doing things they shouldn't be doing, I didn't care about them because I was like, I want to be like my mentor. I don't want to be like these guys. You know, most people are going to be average. And if you follow the crowd, you're going to likely end up average. And that's why I say that if, if you want your kid to be a one in a thousand kid, you got to be a one in a thousand parent. And that takes a lot of discipline. It's, it's hard to not cut corners and to stand on principles and to do the right thing. But, you know, don't feel bad if you're setting certain parameters and you're living a certain way that looks a little bit funny to the neighbors. I mean, who cares? That's prey mindset. You know, that if we're just looking at what other people think, if we're constantly worried about what do other people think about us and how I'm parenting and they look at my kids as strange, who cares? 
you know, your kids need to see that from you that, you know, their, their future depends on it. And again, keeping it in perspective, that's another thing. I'll give that as my second tip for mindset training, for what they could do to prepare their mindset. Number one, mindset, making sure they're doing our mindset program. I could say, I could say all this over and over, but until you're doing the exercises themselves, until your kid's doing the exercises themselves, they're not going to see the results. It's just not going to happen. Like you got to get in the weight room to get stronger. You have to do the mindset exercises to get mentally stronger. Pretty straightforward. The other thing you could do for improving mindset is going back to the why, what we said in the very beginning of this call, keeping things in perspective. The whole goal here is to use sports as a vehicle to build virtue and mental and mental skills, mindset skills for life. Just look at COVID, what happened this past year. Unexpected, came out of the blue, and now we're faced with an uncertain situation with the economy, with sports. So sports should have given us a solid foundation to deal with this. Obviously, it's tough. You know, we all could catch ourselves getting a little bit negative or complaining from time to time, but sports is supposed to give us that attitude where find an opportunity. How can I make the best of this? How do I bounce back? How do I turn this negative into a positive? So keeping that in mind, keeping the perspective there, it's faith, it's family, it's school, it's sports, and then it's friends. There's a very clear pecking order. It's not like it, it's not all over the place. When our priorities are in line, our kids are our kids' priorities are going to be are going to be much more in line. So keeping the perspective, sure, we want them to succeed. We want them to get into great schools. We're all about winning. Like I said, I, I still hate losing to this day. I don't like I don't like being second best. I don't like people being better than me. That being said, the perspective's got to be there. We're all human. You do the best you can. You make the best of things, and you know, just, just going hard effort, attitude, aggressiveness, lifestyle, preparation. So keep perspective. That's good. That's going to really help. Okay. Got another question. Practice room wrestler versus Matt wrestler, how to make that connection to turn it up. Well, solid question. And, and it's not always necessarily turning it up because you want to make, and this is again, one of the exercises we have, I think in terms of the, when I get questions, I think in terms of our worksheets, because it really is robust. We have 80 mindset lessons, it takes over a year to go through it. If you're doing the full program, that being said, you want to make practice similar to a match and a match similar to practice. So if a kid doesn't get turned up for mat, for, for live in practice, the kid shouldn't get turned up for live in a match. If they're a good practice room wrestler, right? So you want the kid to treat practice like a match and a match like practice. Live wrestling is live wrestling. It doesn't make a difference if you're doing it in, you know, New Jersey, New York, Alaska, Italy, China, or Mars. The gravity might be a little bit different in Mars, but it's still the same thing. You're still wrestling, right? So treat it all the same. Um, but the concrete answer, another concrete answer to that question too, is that the way they compete is more important than the outcome. And this is where as parents, we need to sometimes put on a little bit of a face and be good actors. It can't just be a win's a win, right? A lot of times we say, hey, a win's a win. And we pat them on the back. Well, if a win's a win, that means a loss is a loss. So does that mean if I, what is the kid here? Well, if I win, I'm great. If I lose, I stink, right? That's not going to help. So when you praise them, and this goes for school, this goes for life. Try to really get good. And this is going to be a real discipline on, on, on all of our parts, right? Me now as a, as a ascending parent with kids getting older, right? Praise their, the predator mindset, the effort. Praise their effort. Praise their attitude. Praise their aggressiveness. Not being dirty, obviously, or doing anything wrong, but their aggressiveness, them going for it, them taking chances. You know, they volunteer to, to speak in their school or in their class. Great job. Praise them for that. Um, they want to bump up a weight class to wrestle against the better competition. Praise them for that. Make a big deal of that. And then the win and the loss, minimize that a little bit. Like, I'm not saying you can't be happy with the kid if they win and celebrate. Yeah, that's great. But don't, don't be overly, I mean, I've seen times where they've literally, I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> kid wins the county championship. You think it was the Super Bowl. The dad got lifted up in the air. He was literally airlifted by people and his hands were up in the air. Like he won the lottery. I mean, that's absurd. That's a, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. It's good that he's happy. It's not bad that he doesn't feel that joy, but I mean, like, you know, come on. 
<laughs> so it would be better if the, and now if the kid sees that he's going to, in the kid's head, it's like, I got to win. From, <laughs> I got to win for my dad to be happy. <laughs> That's not good. Ah, uh, so make sure if we're going to praise the kid, Hey, your preparation was excellent. You studied for, and this, like I said, school too, I'm using life interchangeably here. They make a good decision. They stand up for a kid who gets picked on. Um, they, they, they give advice to someone. They're generous uh, with their time, with their talent, with, with what they can do. That, that's in terms of being a good person. Praise that. If, if you know, they, studied, they studied hard, they went in for extra help, they asked for a tutor, praise that. Don't just get too excited over the A, right? Focus more on the effort, the attitude, the aggressiveness, the preparation, the lifestyle. Hey, I see you're really prepared for that. Great job. Same thing with sports. Same thing. We got to get good at that. That means it starts from within us. That's got to be more important to us than winning or losing. So long-winded answer, but, but very important nonetheless. Good. Any, any other questions? Wait, man, we've been going for an hour already. That just flew by. I hope, <laughs> I hope that was as fun for you as, as it is for me. Like I said, the, 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 um, our link tree that you see over here, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to post this just so you see what I'm typing in right now, the link tree, that's our one-stop shop of website, podcast, YouTube, Instagram. It's loaded with free information. Of course, the book you got to pay for eventually the mindset program. That's it. That's what we work with individuals and teams. Some of you might be coaches. We could work with your teams. We could all talk about that, but we are very happy to provide value first. I'm all about that. So we're happy to do a free session with your kid free session with your team as a group, just like this. I'm a big believer and put out a lot of value. Some of you, I'm sure are going to be jumping on our mindset program. That's great. If not, I'm still happy you jumped on the call. I hope you got little good pieces of information on this because when I think about, again, what's the purpose? What's our why? I get fired up to know that this is going to help you be a better parent. This is going to help you have a better relationship with your kid and it's going to help them succeed, not just in sports, but in school, in their future career and life, right? We, we say it all the time, whether it's sports, school, or life, you leave no stone unturned. You do everything you possibly you can to reach your goals and to keep things perspective. Mindset makes the difference. Thank you very much, everyone. I really appreciate your time. And like I said, I'll stick around for any other questions. I'll post up here, um, sign up for the free one-on-one trial, just so you have this. That's what I'm posting right now. That's a really, I just posted that up. Let me see if I get that that um the book for you also, just so you could see this here too. Here's our book, and again, remember we work we work with all sports, so it's all there, all there. No, thank you guys. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like I said, I'll I'll stick around for for a few more minutes if anyone um if anyone mm-hmm. wants to ask a question. I'm glad you guys liked it. Thank you. I'm putting, I'm putting on my socks here. I got to move my car. You know, being in Manhattan, being in the city, sometimes you're parking on the streets, so you got to move the car at certain times. We'll be done with that for a month, in a month, but making the best of things, right? All right, team. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Thank you for that, Craig. Good. Thank you. Good. Glad to help, guys. Glad to help. All right, team. I'm going to sign off again. If you need it, if you need me, our, my contact information is all over the place. I'm happy to help. And definitely during this, especially during this period of time, I know it's not easy. Um, we want to help your kids keep making progress here. Oh, do you have a link specific to the youth materials? Yes. Good. Excellent. John, just in time. <laughs> Perfect. I almost signed off, but that's not hard. We could get, we get that obviously over to you. Just got to pull up the kids program here real quick. Mm. My brother Jeff is on and beats me to it. Let's see. Let me pull it up. 
Yep. So ju just so you see what I'm doing, I'm going over to the website here. Uh, 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 wait a minute, everyone. Send. Okay, so that's the website. Now I'm going on the website. I'm going to find it. So I think here I got to go to. I clicked the upper right. Wait a minute, what happened here? I'm clicking programs. I think I'm going to go to the store here. I forgot about that. We have billiards mindset now too. That's great. That's right. That was built out this summer, man. It's crazy that during this quarantine, again, we started working with more sales teams, businesses, we also we also built a billiards mindset. We also built um, what else? Music mindset. There's a lot of very competitive musicians out there too. Man, I wish my brother was still uh, still on. Let me. Um, he's got all the. Um, oh wait, here we go, kids. Um, oh, so John is is your son a wrestler? Your kid a wrestler? Because I've I've programs that are um, different sports on here. Yes, I result. Okay. Yeah. So it's so the the way it is is it's 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 basically one of those things where more you would go through that with them. It's, you know, cause obviously at a young age, it's, it's still getting, um, and my brother, Jeff, he was just on this call. His son is, is, uh, four or five. I think he might be four. I might be five. So like, yeah, I know it's, it's still young, but it's, it's good that you see it. And it's, and it's good that, um, you know, you're thinking about these kind of things for him, but, um, yeah, there it is. Yeah. What, uh, what are your thoughts with mindset as far as like competition with, with youth wrestlers. So my kids, you know, five, you know, a lot of things, a lot of people talk about not competing kids till second grade, third grade. I know all kids will be different, but what is your, uh, what is your mindset uh, philosophy relates to competition? Real in that situation, more like the, I'd let the kid be more the driver of that. If they want to, it's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to go here and compete or you want to go to this tournament? Like if his friends are going, obviously anytime you can make it more with like the friends or anything, that's good. Um, and then if like, it's something they want to continue to do great from time to time, you know, you don't want, obviously not making the, the, um, the focus on winning. There's really not a hard answer to that. I, that you don't want the kid. You definitely don't. I could give you some hard answers. You don't want the kid competing all the time. <laughs> that would be a hard answer. Um, but from time to time, kind of like basically how they're feeling with it. Um, you know, every kid's going to be a little bit different. Some of the kids are going to like it. So, and then also it's, kind of like the way you see them responding to winning and losing, like how they're carrying themselves out there. Like if it's, you know, some kids will get really like down on, on losing or, you know, you kind of want to look at that too. So it depends not, not definitely not competing all the time, putting more time in on practicing and, and especially at a young age, a lot of gymnastics, learning how to do flips and rolls and splits. Those things become important because if you could build a solid I've always felt this way. If you could start out making the kid an athlete, good at multiple sports, being able to be very flexible, being able to do cartwheels and flips and rolls, you know, working it over the, over time. Once, once they're an athlete, they'll be able to do any sport they want in the future. It's hard to go the other way. It's hard to, to make them a specific sport and then turn them into an athlete. So that's one thing I would think about. Like, Think about a lot also of flexibility in gymnastics. 
I should have said that on the call to everyone. That that that's an important point. But that good, yeah. All right, guys, good stuff. Hey, you know what? You know where to find me up. I'll put my cell up here. What the heck? We're only, we're only down to a few people. I wouldn't mind posting it with everyone on. Not that you can't find this pretty easily. That's myself. Anyone has any questions, just call or text me. I'm happy to help with anything. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. I hope you guys got something good out of it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 